Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. I think we're live, pal. L-I-B-E, baby. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. It's uh, the Ring of Honor Post Show. Righteous Reg is here. Kate is not here. We're going to send love out to Kate, who is down with the vid. Got her ass good. Got her in a suplex, a German suplex, maybe a brain buster. Definitely a sleeper hold, I think. LaBelle lock, all kind of things. But love out to Kate. Hope she's doing well. But in her place today, as always, if we need a replacement for the Ring of Honor post show, we just put out that little SP3 bat signal. He's like, yeah, I can do it. I've only done 14 hours of wrestling today talking about it. So I can add hour 15 here to join us to talk some Ring of Honor. But, yes, it's our friend SP3. How are you doing today, my friend, off no sleep? I am, I am feeling a little bit tired, but I am here to bring the energy, to bring the noise. The the black rod building of Fightful is here for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you need me, you better not go on a ski trip, a whitewater rafting trip with me. You might not come back safe, but I am here to fill in for Kate. Shout outs to Kate. Shout outs to Fightful for having me here. And of course, my boy Reg. An opportunity to talk to Reg, I'll do that for free any day. I'm here. Come on. Yeah, like everybody in the chat's like, has this fool ever been to sleep in his life? And we're like, no, he hasn't. He doesn't sleep. He's been up for 500 hours. Of course, SP3 was up very late watching Wrestle Kingdom like the rest of us. Actually, not the rest of us. I fell asleep because I don't got that dog in me. I'm sorry. SP3, how what? did you do it? Let's start with that. How did you do it? Because I had to come back and watch my Brian Danielson. How did you do this? All right, because we got we got to have a conversation here, Reg. I, I expect better of you. Like this was the most West Coast friendly Wrestle Kingdom start time ever. Yeah. Like it started at 1:30 a.m. in New York City, yeah, and literally yeah. on our watch along on True Hill Heat, I was like, "All you people in the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, y'all living pretty. You got 10:30 start time. Like, <laughs> it's like a Laker game. It's like a Laker game for us." That's, how, that's what time the Lakers games are for. And I couldn't even make it. I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> like, y'all can't make it? Come on now. <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, it was my my missus. I give all the credit to her. All my success, everything I do, I give it to credit to her. Learn mm -hmm. that lesson before you do anything. Uh, yes. But yes, I also give her credit because she gave me time to take periodic naps. So I worked, oh. I worked from four to eight. So and then eight to ten, I watch AEW Dynamite. So from like twelve to four, she let me take like a four-hour nap. Okay, that that was the key. I didn't need coffee. I didn't need energy drinks. I took like an hour or two nap 
right before Wrestle Kingdom start, and I was good. I've been good ever since. I took a couple of hours after the review over on Fightful Overbook. Shout out to Scott E and Rob. But periodic naps is beneficial to five year olds. It's beneficial to a thirty five year old like this guy here. <sighs> That's where I messed up. No periodic naps. That was a great strategy. And honestly, Wrestle Kingdom was a great way to stay up. It wasn't like you're fighting to go back yeah. to sleep because there was action the whole time. Before we get into Ring of Honor, we, of course, have to talk about, we saw a classic match, SB3. I mean, we saw a couple of really good matches, but the match we all been waiting for, the rematch, Brian Danielson took on Kazushka Okada in what... Uh, it's still processing in my brain. It's still like I'm still replaying the match being like, oh, my God. It's like when they say dream match SP3 and they say it all the time for every indie match. Now is a dream match. Every match on Dynamite's a dream match. Every match on Raw is a dream match. I get it. You got it. Good. But sometimes it's actually real. The best wrestler in America for a long, long time. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon taking on the best wrestler in Japan for like the last, I don't know, 15 years or something for a long time. This guy has been the number one guy. And these two guys meet in a rematch, the forbidden door match. A lot of fun. Great stuff. Yeah. I thought a lot of stuff went on, but this match right here, the Tokyo dome where Okada is King and Brian Danielson was 100% Brian Danielson. The Brian Danielson we know and love, the one that wants to kill you, rip your arms out of their limbs, kick you in your legs, kick you in your head, drop you on your neck, all the wild things that we know Brian Danielson. These things meeting at the same time and creating that match, it's still unbelievable for me. The way that Okada kind of sold like Okada's dominant, you know what I mean, SB3. He's the man. This is his territory. He's been in so many Wrestle Kingdom main events. This is where he lives. And Brian Danielson came in here and said, I don't care about none of that, dude. I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to slap you hard. I'm going to treat you like a young boy. This is Brian Danielson treating Okada, the god of New Japan, like a young boy. And so they just had this amazing classic match. Okada came out with the victory. I thought that it was everything that we needed. I know you probably talked about it a couple times already today, but how was your uh, experience with this match? I only talked about it once. It's over on Fightful Overbook. Like I said, shout out to Rob. Shout out to Scott E. Wrestling. And I took a portion of my time talking about the match to rant about the fact that 54-year-old Dustin Rhodes got his ankle busted and still did a Canadian Destroyer against Swerve Strickland at World's End. Okay. So to see that and then see Okada with an artistry performance of selling, the way he sold the, sold the arm when Brian was kicking him in the arm, I felt a tingling sensation in my arm. Right. The grimace on his face, the emotion from the crowd, that is what professional wrestling is all about. If 100%. someone asks me what Okada is about, I say, watch this match now. I say, watch this match. This is just Okada to a T, where he came in very confident, came in, but then the real story of the matchup from like his facial expressions to the way he fought was his refusal to lose <laughs> and his desperation to not lose. Like literally, I, I described it on my book and I'll say it here. The first Rainmaker that he hits on Danielson 
it's just so he has space to breathe. Right. Like, like he like, get off of me. He's like, ah, oh, and he yeah, uses get a bad arm, and he has to sell the arm because he's like, I don't know why I did that, but I just mm-hmm. needed room to breathe because this man just kept kicking me in the arm from the entrances to Okada coming out in like this sleek white. What white was robe. that? Was that AI? White. Yo, I was like, what are we seeing? Like his whole robe changed colors before our eyes. It's I'm still dream. like, what? 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 What was that? SP3 has the science came out because I'm like, I don't know how he did that. It did my eyes? I wear glasses. I know. I'm like, did they give me 3D glasses without me knowing? I don't know what happened here. <laughs> I I have no idea. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to process that. <laughs> then you have Dragon come out. When he comes out of the white, it's always elite. But he came out with dragon scales on the on the jacket, dragon scales on the trunks. Oh man, he hits up a psycho knee on the floor right to Okada's ribs. There's just certain moments and uh like uh moves in this match, different sequences that I just have vividly etched in my mind hours after it happened. I've only watched it once mm-hmm. and on a little bit of seat, but everything just stands out in my mind like Okada ripped off the eye patch and just kicking kicking Danielson right in the eye. It was basically eye versus arm. Yes. For anyone that didn't watch the match, the simplest way I could explain to you was Okada went after the eye after a certain point when he realized that Danielson was just going to try to rip his arm off. Mm-hmm. And then Danielson just offense was just brutal. It got you into the hole to, to the, down the stretch when he, he gets the whole crowd to say yes, even though he's been a complete dick this entire 20-minute matchup. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, that is our match of the year. That's the bar. The bar has been set for the match of the year. I'm felt sad for wrestlers. That's like, that's the measurement. Like, that's what you have to measure up to. What Brian Danson and Okada did last night or very recently in time is unbelievable. I thought the story, one of the stories of the match for me was Brian Danson was kicking the living crap out of Okada. And Okada was like, I don't want to say he was playing, but he was like, he was like, I don't want to really beat you bad because you got the eye. Like, I know you're not dealing with injuries. I might, you know, I might take it easy on you. It's the dome, blah, blah, blah. But Brian forcing him to be like, no, you're a bully, dude. Take that eye patch off, kick him in the eye, get him up and Rainmaker his neck off. It just was like, this is magic, you guys. How do we get magic displayed on a screen? This is it. Brian Danielson, we don't, this is probably the last time he'll ever be in the Tokyo Dome in this capacity in an amazing match like this. We got it against the MVP of New Japan. Like the, the stars aligned, SP3. They don't align a lot in history, but they did. I don't think I've seen Brian that happy. Like to go from, and and I felt like this was a great matchup, but to find out in retrospect, like he he wasn't there all the way. WrestleMania 37, right. his match with Edge and Roman Reigns, where he said like he went out there and it was like an out-of-body experience, like he was there, but he didn't feel anything. To see him so happy coming out there to the point he's hugging red shoes before the bell rings. <laughs> like, yo, I've never seen that. I was like, why is Brian Danielson hugging red shoes? <laughs> I was like, only red shoes shows his body bias right before the bell rings but I was and like, red shoes doesn't do that a lot either you know no. that's how you know how special brian danielson is 
yeah, it, it's one of a kind type of wrestler. But yeah, the the bar was just set, and I gotta go back and watch it. But like the storytelling, the selling, the the atmosphere, the the platform, like you don't see these type of matches in front of twenty plus thousand people in a dome like that all the time, and you don't see this Okada all the time. Not a lot of people can bring this type of Okada out of him. And I love what you said about kind of Okada just having to bring out that aggression because most of the time Okada thinks he can out-wrestle anybody. Yep. But Brian Danielson told you, told him, you're not going to out-wrestle me. Not today. Like, I'm going to talk trash to you. I'm going to brutalize you with these kicks. I'm just going to maim your arm. I'm going to try to take off your arm. He does that disarmor type move. The same move Nakajima beat Miyahara with just a couple of days ago. You have Danielson doing that to Okada's arm and Okada. Then he puts him in that double arm submission that he beat him with at Forbidden Door. I'm like, how do you stay in that move for long? Like, I, I'm sorry. And they I'm were hurt. locked in for like two minutes, like just with his legs and that rings of Saturn with the legs. Like, wh yeah. what's happening here? Like, it's it's crazy. You know, I was thinking about how spoiled we are, SB3, because we had just seen Darby Allen and Takeshi to have one of the best TV matches we've ever seen in wrestling history. And I'm like, man, we ate really good. And then we get this match. I'm like, we are just spoiled. People don't understand the magic that we exist in. Watching a match at 7 p.m. and then at 4 a.m. watching another classic, it's like, this is crazy, you guys. I'm happy we exist here. It's a great place to be at. You guys will hear more about Wrestle Kingdom. We can't get all the way into it because this is a Ring of Honor post show, but you know we had to talk about it because we are both obsessed with Brian Danielson, and that's what life is like. So everybody that's here, we appreciate you guys. If you want to get in your Super Chats, uh, we don't have Humper Chats because we're not logged in over there. We uh, appreciate you, and we have one before we get into it from my friend and co-host, Denise Salcedo, who says, have a great show, guys. Really appreciate you, you. being here, Denise. But uh, yes, uh, we started with the... Uh, we got this ring of honor show uh sp3 before we get into it, were you at the world's end show no i wasn't able to go because i oh. got the i got i got body slam with the vid before that and i was like Ooh. let me stay away and then yeah good thing man it feels yeah. like everybody in the world has it right now unfortunately i think a bunch of people might have got it at the show too so yeah that's, that's what i heard and then like like i got told by multiple people like you made the right choice. Like, like, <laughs> it was like you made the right choice. I was like, I was like, I didn't want to get anybody else sick. Well, <laughs> I wish so other people thought like you. Oh man, you guys be careful out there. It's like you can affect people, and a lot of people. You go to a wrestling show and you're shaking hands and you're clapping yeah. and you're yelling and you're screaming. It's probably gonna spread. Uh, to each their own, whatever would happen. <laughs> but at that show, we of course know that Eddie Kingston defeated uh, John Moxley for the Continental Classic Triple Crown. And he started out the Ring of Honor show here, of course, with an amazing promo. Eddie Kingston is just like, it's like nothing. It's just him talking at this point to have a great promo. He legit just talked about his journey to get here. And it's like, well, that's the promo of the year of Eddie Kingston just talking. So how do you feel about uh, Eddie Kingston kind of talking about his crown and how he got to this moment? 
Man, Eddie Kingston is just the most New York person ever <laughs> to become in professional wrestling. Like everything about it, I was like, like examining like just the picture, and like he's got the rosaries. I'm like, man, I've known so many Puerto Ricans that wear that many uh, <laughs> rosaries from like Yonkers or Spanish Harlem, and then just the way he speaks, he just is so believable, so realistic. You don't know if Eddie Kingston realizes that wrestling is not as re- not as real as he believes it is. It is real, but it's not as real as he even believes it is. It's more real to him than anyone else, and that what that's what makes him so lovable and so adored by New York fans and fans all over the world. What do you think uh, going into this year and kind of specifically with the Ring of Honor Championship, who do you think are some contenders for Eddie Kingston? Because in the show, we really didn't kind of establish where we're going next with this. We got some really fun matches, but we didn't really tell the story of what's going to happen here. Who are some contenders? Who's next up for Eddie Kingston here, you think? Um, I I think that we kind of got a hint at uh, kind of who's going to be in play for the Continental Crown Championship from that four-way matchup on Dynamite. Yep. And um, I'm not going to give too much of my opinion on I don't, I don't agree. I'll just say I don't agree with pitting those people in that four-way match because I feel like it defined down the cr- Continental Crown after you just had top stars going after this championship. You kind of defined it down by having people that most AEW fans have only seen lose. And then when you have all four of them, you pick the guy that always loses title <laughs> matches to win when Cage, Brian Cage. We thought Brian Cage was getting built for a Ring of Honor World Championship match like four or five months ago, and then he could have won this, and I would have been fine with it, and you don't define down the title. And no, Trent Barretta. Oh, he has a story. I was like, the least. Why is Trent winning this match? First of all, why are we getting Danhausen shenanigans? Like, that shouldn't be involved in what we're doing here. Why is Danhausen here? And then when Trent won, I was like, okay, but coming to, to this match, you guys showed us a video package of him losing. The, his opportunity at the other championship and now he's winning like what what's going on here that done, that, i was like i was like this is baffling i was like yeah. okay brian case you win brian case you i was just saying that the whole match and then mm-hmm. Drake went i was like well i should have saw that coming but like ah, i mean hey it'll probably be a good match that's yeah. all I can say. It'll probably gonna be a good match, but we should probably have like someone like Brian Cage in there going after the Continental Crown Championship. Someone like a Daniel Garcia, who seems like he's on the up right now. I want to see those type of guys, the guys that are guaranteed to give us great matches. But there's also a sense of maybe. There's no maybe <laughs> coming from Trent versus Kingsley. And if there is a maybe, you better stop it because don't even think about Trent being the one. I love Trent. I love best friends, Orange Cassidy, all of them. But this isn't the really time for this right here. I understand Trent's going to give him a great match because he always does. But it's like somebody said in chat, Brian Keith was in this match. You set us up with this, uh, the survival of the fittest match from a couple weeks ago. Like put Brian Keith in there. Brian Cage is on this program all the time. He's a player in ring of honor it actually will probably make more sense if he wins the match and they're like no we'll have we'll just have trent win to tell a story with dan housen all right you guys okay i get it. <laughs> i'm not i'm not interested in this i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry I've, I've been saying that a lot this week ever since ever since monday i've been like i've been like yo yo cody i don't care about your daddy issues you can finish your story Ooh. some other time we got rock over here we gotta we gotta have hobbs versus yeah Bobby i've been Mike. seeing so, you being yeah, a little yeah, bit uh controversial on the timeline because people ain't liking what you're saying i, I, don't, I don't care what people saying man 
I don't yeah. care. We, we got the Scorpion King. We got to worry about him. We ain't worried about Dusty's little boy. I'm sorry. We can move on. We've moved on from that. And, we and I like on. Cody, man. He's great. But like that one, I keep saying they already had the match last year. I don't want to see the same match two years in a row. We can't have this Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. We can't, I don't yeah, want to do that again. Let's no. tell different stories moving forward, right? Yeah, and, and like and like this is the thing that I no, no one seems to explain to me is when did the store finishing the story have a deadline of WrestleMania 40? <laughs> when did when did y'all when did that when did y'all imply that? Because I don't remember that. I don't remember him ever saying that. There's always some there's invisible deadline. deadline. Like, like, did, but who says though? Just because like you can't make it like the for, he didn't tell it last year, so he has some like first of all, you guys, Roman, it has to beat that Hulk Hogan record. Anytime there's a record in sight. They're getting that accolade. Like we got to this accolade. I'm gonna get you there. Why wouldn't? Why are we gonna change the trajectory? Because you guys think Cody's gonna finish the story. Nah, bro. We're trying to tell story. We're trying to finish the story over here of getting Roman Reigns and all the damn number one spots we got. So, so if we ain't finishing Cody's story over here, we we shouldn't finish a, a Trent and Dan Housen story over here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can move on. We can move on. We've moved on already. We can tell I'm not even mad at them telling the Dan Housen story. Just tell it somewhere else, brother. Why are you telling it right here? We you can tell it on this show. Me. Don't do it on Dynamite. Do it on this show. I would have loved to see that story here. <laughs> really funny stuff. Um, but, you know, I understand what's going on. I understand what's happening. Just keep setting Eddie Kingston up with the contenders, and I'll be happy. Yeah. happy. Uh, in the first match, it was they keep telling the story with Griff Garrison and cole carter and i've never called them sap because that's disrespectful to sat uh angelico and serpentico so they had serpentico take on griff garrison here and it was a match what do you think of um griff garrison and cole carter what uh, let me rephrase the question have these last couple of months got you interested in griff garrison and cole carter no um, but I was I was fantasy booking watching this matchup, and I was like, I was like, you know what, Christian did for Nick Wade? That's what Adam Copeland needs to do for Griff Garrison. Oh my Griff god, Garrison becomes his edgehead, he becomes his edgehead against the patriarchy. He just okay. okay, I'm following along, I think. His son versus son, Griff Garrison versus Nick Wade. Okay. Listen, some some groundwork's being laid here. I'm not mad about it. Hey, hey, I'm just trying to find roles. I'm just trying to find and this would be much easier if Lexus King was still here. Oh, and gosh. we could just throw both of them with uh Adam Copeland and he could be like, Oh, I'm training y'all to be the future edgy Christian. It's the new major brothers thing, right? You just gotta get uh Griff Garrison a, a partner. You just gotta find him a, a Brian Myers. Somebody's back there. Who's back there with long blonde hair that could do it? Huh. Jack Perry. <laughs> <laughs> like Jack, Jack, no, Jack Perry's got to join the patriarchy. I don't know if you've heard. I've been on a mission. I've been campaigning for Jack Perry to join the patriarchy because his whole huh. character, I have it already in my head. He is Will Smith from season four of Fresh Prince. <laughs> Stay with me here. Um, season four of Fresh Prince is when Will and Carlton go to college and they get an apartment. We mm -hmm. all think we all at the start of the season. You all think, oh, they're in college. They're gonna have an apartment. We get to change the scenery. They can go back home. No, it's just one episode. It's just it's, it's, the episode ends with Tyra Banks coming to the house, and then the very next episode, they gotta go back home. 
the house is full and they got and, and and will gotta stay in the pool house that is jack perry he's gotta come back home to uncle phil aka father christian and he gonna tell him mama wayne got a room nick got a room kill switch he's like who's that um you probably know him as luchasaurus kill switch <laughs> he got a room you gotta stay in the pool house <laughs> so Jack Perry comes back, but he gotta stay in the pool house. I'm caught gotta, all the way up. He gotta stay in the pool house. You can stay, you can be in the family, but you stay in the pool house. <laughs> but he's the prize possession, SP3. I think that's what you're forgetting. Jack Perry was primed at the beginning of AEW. They were like, Jack Perry's the guy, he's gonna be the next guy. So he's still gotta be in the pool house, even after yeah. he's a little bit naughty, a lot of bit naughty. Yeah, he still gotta stay in the pool house. You know what, Nick? Nick? Nick going going? He gonna come and he gonna be like, I want a room in the in the pool house. Why he get to stay in the pool house? Nick <laughs> gonna be like, I get to stay in the. I want to be in the pool house. He gonna start dancing to Tom Jones. <laughs> it's gonna be great, yo. So Nick Wayne is Carlton is like. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, this is a hell of a story. I don't know how you got here, but I'm all in. Honestly, I think it's a great move for Griff Garrison. Cole Carter could be somewhere in there. He could be jazz, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He could get thrown out the house by Christian. Yeah. That's fine. I'm Christian, into that. Christian would love that. But uh yeah, there was <laughs> the end of that match, double distraction. Uh Garrison hit the uh torture rack bomb, which looked pretty good. Uh torture rack bomb for the win on Sir Pentico. Um, I just can't. There's nothing they're ever gonna do to get me to care about these guys. I'm sorry. I was so confused watching this matchup because I was like, Sarpentago versus Griff Garrison, who's going to lose? I was like, do they both lose? I was like, what type of science is going on? I've never seen either one of them win. I was like, I was like, which one of them is going to lose? I was like, because nobody wins. Mm -hmm. One of them has to lose. So like Griff Garrison had to go ask somebody what his finisher was at the, like, because he ain't never did it. He's like, I've never. Like, how should I win? He was like, dropkick? Roll up? Like, you kind of have a 1998 Lex Luger hair. Put him in the torture rack, spin him around, and drop him. You'll win. Um, yeah. Uh, okay stuff. Uh, I don't know where Maria is. I think she's the glue that's holding this together. And if Maria's not here, don't even have them together. Is all I'm saying. Um, the second match of the show was Lance Archer came out. I was like, okay, so uh, I'm on the fence with these. Uh, they're not being used on AEW and they're being used over here in Ring of Honor SP3 because I think sometimes it works a lot. But then in Lance Archer's case, I'm like, I don't really know where Lance Archer fits in this Ring of Honor setting for me. How do you feel about Lance Archer here? Lance Archer fit more and immediately felt good when there was a ring of honor world championship like he seems like someone you can heat up with a couple of wins on tv and he could potentially be a challenger for the ring of honor world championship on a pay-per-view i don't know how this continental crown is going to be defended are they going to have it defended on like ring of honor Mm pay-per-views in the main event then I could see them keeping Lance there to kind of heat up for one of the pay-per-views this year. And it makes it makes sense in, in that part. And he's never really kind of gained the right momentum on AEW. I feel yeah. like he's 
probably better suited to gain some type of momentum here because he feels like a bigger star. So I'm fine with True. it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I'm just like, yeah, I guess that's how I feel about it. Like, if he's going to be challenging for the big crown, then yeah. But if he's just like challenging for the TV title, that doesn't really feel yeah. like it fits for me. If they can make it work, maybe they'll get him in with the uh, with the Righteous. They'll do the Trios Championship thing. That could work. I think that could be a good uh, thing here in Ring of Honor. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, alright, I understand. There's places needed for a bunch of wrestlers, and I understand when they're here on Ring of Honor, so I get it. Uh, but he took on uh, J.P. Harlow. Very surprising. It wasn't a regular Lance Archer match where he just squashes the guy, hits his finisher in three seconds and they're out of there jp harlow actually got some offense in he got lance archer off of his game until lance archer squashed him and finished him off a uh, pretty run-of-the-mill stuff but they're trying to <clears throat> it's the wardlow syndrome is what i like to call it uh, sp3 where we only know a guy for squash matches and then eventually it's like, okay, why isn't the crowd connected with them? It's like, well, you don't give us anything to connect to it. They All they care about is this guy squashing the people. So they're trying to get it last Archer, I think, to a place of we care more about him just squashing guys. Because I think there's a fan base of Lance Archer fans, like a big fan base, that want to see him succeed. But there's never, there's no meat on the bones. It's just like he comes and everybody dies and then he's out of there, you know? At least the benefit with Lance Archer is he's actually good at squash matches. I don't think we'll yes. One of those not good at squash matches. Uh, Lance Archer is because he has he just he's he's deceptively fast for his size, so he could just come in and kind of wipe somebody out, hit the blackout one, two, three, and it looks very impressive and it gets over with the crowd. So I think that he's better suited to get over in some type of way, especially if he's going to do it on Ring of Honor television, maybe before collision tapings where the crowd is up and can have a little bit of energy. You could see him gradually get over with these squash wins, but the squash wins are just going to get him over as a baby face, and if he's going to potentially be a challenger for Eddie Kingston he should probably have some type of program before that yeah it just doesn't like the babyface thing can work and it does work because every like I said everybody loves Lance Archer but you're not gonna over babyface Eddie Kingston in no. this position so we need all the strongest heels and honestly Lance Archer just works better as a heel too because that's kind of his thing um, let's get into a few super chats before we move forward. Uh, Delay Grat says, don't even watch weekly ROH, but supporting your work, Reg and SP3. Delay Gratz appreciate you as always. Very nice. cool. Our friend Meet Normus is here. They said they need to do more with Brian Cage than be an injury substitute. Meaty Spot Foo always gets over and Nana can talk for him or dance. Yes. Like, what, why are you not using Brian Cage more? Like, Brian Cage and Penta should be like the most used guys mm -hmm. in AEW because they are absolute Teflon. You could put them in there with your main eventers. The main eventers can get big wins and you could just put them out there against any of, they can go like one week against Hangman Adam Page and lose. The next week they can lose yeah. to Swerve Strickland. The week after that, they can lose to Brian Danielson. The week after that, they can lose to John Mike. And they mm -hmm. will still be as over as they were in the first matchup. That's what Brian Cage and Penta are just, very valuable pieces on any of these rosters. I think you j described Penta's actual resume right there. Like he lost, like like all those matches are actually real, and he's lost, and no one cares. Like Penta's still gonna be over 
every single time. Like, I'm sure his record is not the best, but legit, nobody cares. Him and Ray Phoenix come out there. It's like, okay, these are awesome guys. I don't care about their win-loss record. But, yeah, that's really funny that you say that because every time somebody's getting over, they're like, put him in there with Penta. I'm sure that'll be fun. And it's always fun every time. Exactly. Like, Jay White got over that way. Like, man, let's just put, put everybody in there with Penta. I think, yeah, Penta lost to, like, Jay White, Swerve, mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy within, like, a month of each other. <laughs> Still, forever. It doesn't matter. Uh, our friend Miss Kate Fapes, who should be asleep right now, drinking some coffee or some not coffee, but some soup or whatever you drink, some ginger ale. That's a black yeah. Yes. Uh, she says uh, some Sprite. Uh, two bucks for the Carlton dance. Yeah. I mean, everybody's really into that. Ricardo the Snowman also says Carlton dance. Please, like, they really right. liked your uh, your story and your Carlton dance. It looks like. And then meet enormous. You got to hit him with the. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. Every time. <laughs> he normally says uh, Don Castle eating a sandwich during his entrance was everything. He needs to be with OC or Timeless Tony by the stump by the summer, especially if Tony loses. These are not Ooh. the worst ideas right here, actually. Tony Storm and uh, Dalton Castle is actually kind of a hit, I think. That is very good. I, I I'm very much interested in that right now. Yeah, mm. Dalton Gasol, he he is so valuable to this Ring of Honor show. Like he he's a guy that you don't even need to put in the title scene. He could just hold his own stories by himself. And I, that's that what made me excited about seeing him at the uh, World's End in the Battle Royal because it's like. Dude, this guy is actually over over there too. Like, I'm surprised yeah. that they haven't really fully transitioned him over to AWTV because you see it, like, especially with these Ring of Honor shows, like these shows are happening at the end of the tapings. Sometimes the crowd looks scattered, but soon as Dalton Castle comes out, never fails, gonna be a big pop. He's over, people are engaged in his match. I think he's so important to this brand. And uh thank you guys for the super chats. And that leads us into our next catch match which was Don Castle took on pretty Peter Avalon a very uh 
great person and a friend of every show should be featured all the time. I think Peter Avalon is so underrated. There's some people that you, they're like in the company's mind. I think they think like this guy's so good that we're going to continuously always just have him be like the enhancement Dolph Ziggler style talent. And Peter Avalon falls into that, but I think he can attribute a lot more to the company. And I think putting him in situations like this with Dalton Castle is the best way to go. Like Meet Norma said, Dalton Castle came out with a half-eaten sandwich. He is still very stressed out from the trauma that he experienced not winning the TV title tournament. And I love this story that he's telling with this entrance and in ring. I thought him and Peter Avalon had a really fun match. They, they're they kind of the same wrestler, so it makes sense that they kind of put this match together because they do a lot of the same things. And I think they do a lot of the same things well. Um, Dalton Castle... Got distracted by his own self. He's just really buried in not being the champion. And I'm kind of along there with him because I thought that he was primed to be the next TV champion. And I think he got robbed. But, you know, he tried to hit a bangerang first. Didn't happen. Ended up hitting the bangerang on Peter, pretty Peter Avalon getting the victory here. His mojo slowly building back up SP3. But I think this year they need to execute him. and They need to execute with him being a champion in some capacity on one of these brands. Yeah, it's very interesting. They have a couple of guys that feel like they need to win a championship this year. Dalton is a, is one of them. Another one was Ethan Page, and we'll talk about yep. he had a promo on this show as well. But yeah, Dalton, man, he just tells a great story with his facial expressions, with his body language, the whole depression that he's going through. He's telling that story through his work in the ring. He did that last week with the multi-man matchup, did that here with Peter Avalon. And it's interesting you say that they're very much alike and throughout this matchup all i could think is man peter avalon and dalton castle would be a great tag team <laughs> that's that's what i thought a lot during this matchup right yeah i mean if they're looking for i think the ring of honor tag team division is something that needs to be addressed here very soon uh as, as well as the AEW tag team division yeah. and i think that they showed a lot of promise this week with Private Party making a return. We got top flight. I think there's a lot that can go into it, but it needs to be fully addressed. And I think there needs to be a couple more tag teams that build. If they put together Peter Avalon and Dalton Castle, they could be a big hit, especially in this division. The kingdom are going to need some tag teams to go after. And I think they got to give Dalton Castle a big win. And if that's the way to do it, I think that's a good way. Yeah. I like it. I, I I like the kingdom being the tag team champion. It's nice right. to have actual tag team champions in them. I have so many thoughts, but I'm going to let them cook, and I'm going to hope that moving forward, everything is good. Everybody has their mask off, and we're just – we're good. That's it. It's great. Hey, that was a great promo by Cole. Great promo by Cole. I, 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 just, I just feel like like we're, we're on the side of the good, the good part of the story. We we done with the bad part of the story. The good Are part we? of the story. Yeah. I believe. I believe. I trust in Cole. <laughs> what about Wardlow? Uh Wardlow War, War is just here to win the world title with it handed <laughs> over to Adam Cole. I thought they played that was the best part of that promo was mm. him saying that and then and then Warlow being like I did like Warlow's facial, bro. <laughs> Warlow being like, yeah, all right, bro. I'm going to hand it right to you. <laughs> right. I'll just give it right to you. Right. Uh, I'm on the fence still. I'm, I shouldn't judge a book book by its cover because this is the book by its cover with the first week. But at first, I'm like, all right, I don't know if this is how I'm going with it. But 
it's all good. Uh, next, we had you brought it up earlier. Uh, Lexi was here with Man of the Year, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky. Great to see Scorpio Sky back. I thought it seems as with this promo that I thought they were going to go with the Man of the Year as a tag team, but it seems like Scorpio Sky is here to kind of play the background to Ethan Page's journey to becoming world champion. Um, how do you feel about this? Because I, you know, we were all really excited about Men of the Year being back kind of challenging for some kind of tag team championships. But like you said, Ethan Page is one of those wrestlers that needs a championship. And he's been kind of building this singles run in this kind of destiny field. I want to be world champion. So I'm not mad at it too much. Yeah, it feels like uh, like Ethan Page is being built up to be like a pay-per-view challenger for Kyle Fletcher for yeah. the Ring of Honor or television championship. And you can realistically see Ethan Page beating Kyle Fletcher. Although sure. Dalton, Dalton Castle has like his focus on the TV title, I could see Ethan Page beating Kyle Fletcher like a lot faster than I could see uh, Dalton Castle beating Kyle Fletcher. It just makes more sense to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me in my head. But I like I like Ethan Page. I I really enjoyed the matchup that he had at Final Battle with Tony Nese. So I'm I'm ready to see what they're gonna do with him in 2024 in Ring of Honor because honestly he's made one of the better choices for the guys that have been left off of TV on AEW. He made the choice to come to Ring of Honor and is looking good, good for idea. him so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of a glaring example. I think there's a couple of examples that are created uh, in situations like this that I think younger wrestlers, wrestlers should look at. It's like, yo, if you're not getting the opportunity up, up here, because Ethan Page is a consistent, like, give me an opportunity, give me a chance, give me five minutes, give me this. If you're not going to give it to me over here and I'm going to go get it over here, I think that he's making such a great run out of that and showing them, no, you guys got a superstar talent over here. I'll continuously say it like on the mic, he's just as good as MJF is if yeah. he's given the opportunity. He's just not given the opportunity. So I think him kind of creating his own lane over here and uh, ROH is perfect. But I wouldn't be the maddest if him and Scorpio Sky go for some tag team championships because I think their chemistry together is pretty strong and it showed here in this promo. Um, next up was a match I'm very excited about. I think last night this woman showed that uh, she's one to reckon with. Mariah May, of course, had a match last night in her debut against Queen Amanada. And Amanada has been, I've been talking about this woman for a couple of years now because the first time I saw her, just, just her presence, man. SP3, you know how important presence is in pro wrestling. And before the match even start, if you're like, what, who is that? Like, what? Yep. Like, okay, like there's a sea of wrestlers, but that one specifically looks different. Like what's, there's an aura around this person. And when she walks out, you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then when she starts work, when the bell rings, you're like, whoa, holy shit. Like she looks like an actual queen. She, her gear is great. Her entrance, everything about her is awesome. And then the bell rings and then like she's throwing bows like Ludacris in 2001. She's knocking people out with her butt it's like this is a super intensely talented person that is next up in a sea of a bunch of next up it's crazy taking on here today was maya world who showed a great showing against athena a few weeks ago and i think really impressed a wild array of people like after the match with athena people were online on my uh you know social medias being like She's next up. She's great. She's all of this. And I thought she had a really great showing here against Amanada today, kind of showing that same spirit she showed against Athena. Really strong striking, I think. Uh, I really like her timing, her spacing, 
kind of how she she has some veteran instincts only being in the game for however long. But Aminata is the one that's next up right here. I think with uh, the trajectory of what AEW's women's division is, she's going to be one of those dark horse characters throughout the whole year that people are going to consistently be thinking of. And I'm super excited about the future of what she's doing here. What do you think about this match? Man, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say much uh, to add on to that praise for <laughs> Queen Aminata. And I've been in love with her ever since I saw her on AEW Dark. Got to see her on Rampage a couple of weeks ago, I believe, against Sky Blue. And me and Miss Chrissy Love on the True Hill Heat flagship podcast were just waxing lyrically about just her presence, her star power. It just jumps off the screen. And that's why I thought it was a brilliant idea to have her in the ring with Mariah May on so Dynamite smart. last night. Because it's just like, you have two women that immediately, if you'd never seen wrestling before and you turn on the TV, you would stay on that. Because you yep. have this b- blonde, beautiful beauty that looks straight out of the divas era of wwe versus something totally different that you won't see in wwe in queen aminata and just them going at it stiff strikes uh man that shotgun dropkick mariah may was doing was oh, i was like i was like you trying ow. to break this woman's back out here but mm. aminata with her hip attack with her bows like you said you could tell she spent time in japan you could tell she has that season into her that she adds that little that little that little putting that stuff in there and mm. i love that about her and i Instantly, when they gave her entrance here, and then I saw she's versus Maya World, I was like, oh, she about to win. Oh, let's go. Okay, AEW yeah. Ring of Honor, y'all see what y'all got here? Keep using her. This is someone that you grab up, you season her, you put her on Ring of Honor, let her pick up some wins. You can put her in the, the women's TV title uh, tournament coming up because they are really, really fleshing out this women's division now where, you mm. you know, they already announced some names for the women's TV title tournament. And immediately when I saw those names, I was like, oh, the Athena losers. Um, So then I was like, I was like, OK, you can throw in some more Athena losers or TBS title losers in there. And but you don't like, want it to be that. That's why you want to add like Aminata and these ex- other. Exactly. Yeah. You want to add the younger stars because they. They can have those breakout performers, but also they're doing things of adding main event women like Taya right. Valkyrie's been having more appearances on Ring of Honor. She's undefeated. Nyla Rose has been showing up more. I know yeah. we're going to talk about Red Velvet, but instantly Red Velvet, I was like, she's one I could see either. I could see her going after Athena for the women's championship or being in the TV title tournament. So I like the fact they're adding these women that I want to see more on AEW, but I'll take it seeing them more on ROH TV. Yeah, it's there might run into a problem here with this uh, ROH Women's TV Championship that it might be a little bit hotter than what Athena got going on over there because you factor in the ladies we talked about. We still got Trish, who's challenging Julia very soon. Like, I think uh, Willow's always in the mix. If they mix it up over there and start to have these, like, television runs, essentially what they're going to start doing with Kyle Fletcher, but one of these women, like, Athena's going to be in danger, but Athena got it. She's the MVP of Ring of Honor. She takes on anything coming to her. Really exciting, I think, about uh, for the future of the ROH women's division, having those two championships. You're going to have two strong champions, and you're going to have contenders on both sides. Super exciting for the future of the division. 
Um, up next, there was a triple threat tag team match. You saw the boys taking on the infantry, taking on Shane Taylor promotions. Uh, a lot of the homies featured in this. Uh, I thought it was just a really strong tag match. They're trying to establish the uh, infantry has trying to be trying to climb the ladders of the Ring of Honor tag team champ tag team rankings. I think for a long time, and it seems like they set them up, and then. Two weeks later, they knock them down, and then they build them back up again, and you're like, oh, they're up again, and then they knock them down. Then they build Trish up for two weeks, and then they knock her down. It's like, okay, I don't really understand what's going on here. The Shane Taylor promotion is kind of the same. He, like, got into this thing with Keith Lee. He was spitting facts for a lot of it. I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is real. He should be saying this. And then Keith Lee kind of got the better of him in the situation and stuff happened. But Shane Taylor, I think, is always growing. I'm waiting to see how they add on to Shane Taylor promotions. They ended up getting the victory, Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty, uh, with the Marcus Garvey driver. Um, going into 2024, they could do some really cool things with them. I think there's a lot of people either on the indies or already featured in AEW Ring of Honor that they could add to this group. Um, I'm just hoping there's some more emphasis on what Lee Moriarty did, is doing because I think coming off of what he did with Big Bill, I was ready for him to kind of, you know, go to this next level. And he hasn't been to that next level, but he's still been improving on everything uh, surrounding his character. So I'm happy to see them get a victory here. Honestly, I feel like Lee Moriarty is being held back by being in a tag team. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that. You know, you had the first year of Ring of Honor under Tony Khan. You know, we all heard about his first year plan was FTR and the Briscoe. Second year plan was Briscoe's and Lucha Bros. And that kind of fell apart. But the first year also featured in the Peerage division, Wheel of Yuta versus Daniel Garcia. And I felt like year two, he kind of focused on Wheel of Yuta versus Shibata. Mm -hmm. Bookend that with Wheel of Yuta winning his third title. Year three. It needs to be Yuta and Moriarty for the yeah. pure title all year. Give me that all year. They can trade off the titles. Moriarty deserves a run and deserves a Ring of Honor World, a Ring of Honor Championship, and the pure title just fits the mold for him. And the reason why I'm also saying that is because Shane Taylor, there is someone out there who needs a tag team partner because we have seen since he signed with this company, his best role is in a tag team. It's key for Keith Lee, Keith Lee just needs to be in a tag team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can, can, can y'all tell me when was the last time you saw a great Keith Lee uh, singles match? It was when he was in NXT. Just, just a clue. Just a hint. He hasn't had one since he came to AEW. He's had great tag team matches, so he should probably be in a tag team. And we should probably see Shane Taylor on AEW television. We should probably see Keith Lee more on AEW television. So put them in a damn tag team. He's the former AEW World Tag Team Champion. Shane Taylor can cut promos all day and twice on Sunday. So put him on TV. Pretty Boy Killers promotions right here on AEW television. And Lee Moriarty can represent them on ROH in the pure division. Boom. I just fixed everything for you. Now, as far as this matchup, it feels very um feels like we get this every week. We get yeah, we, do. we get a multi-man tag team. We get a multi-man tag team match. We get a multi-man lucha libre showcase. Seems like every week. So yeah. it like you just you just it's like it's like I trade off the names, I'll put this team here. That's how I feel like it's getting booked. But I'm glad, you know, infantry get the spotlight here. I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed the boys, always been good friends with them from back in the old school Ring of Honor days. And uh, you know, like I said, I like Shane Taylor promotions, but I feel like 
their best roles is not with each other, Taylor and Moriarty. Really great points there. I uh, am 100% in agreement on the Keith Lee thing. Like, I think he still has that role. He still is this special attraction, and he can still be who they need him to be. Just got to be in a tag team. We don't need one-on-one Keith Lee. Then we won't ever have to deal with these issues of he's booked and he, uh, you know, it's another story for another day. Put that man in the tag team. There's some other suggestions of who he could be tagged up with, too. Some people out there. We'll let you guys make it. Hey, there's there's other STP members out there just saying, you know, there's others. There's others he could he could he could get so if you want to put a tag team on Ring of Honor, hey, go ahead. I just feel like Shane Taylor being back with Keith Lee is a great AEW tag team. And if it's a mold that do they have any other monster tag teams in AEW really? Like that could that could match the power of a Keith Lee and Shane Taylor? No, I don't think no, so. No. So it's something that we don't have in AEW right I mean, now it'd well. be cool to see them against like Gates of Agony, but they're not yeah. like his. You know what I mean? They're not Yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. It could work. Khan is athletic. Khan is Kevin. Yeah. Khan is athletic. He's not like the bruiser gonna toss people. He can toss people around, but he's more athletic, more slim down. Yeah. I'm like, you sound like them describing us when we're <laughs> after. He's really athletic. He comes in. He's just he's so got, athletic. He's got, he's got those hops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a great swimmer. He's got legs for days. He's got those hops. <laughs> he's got those. He's got those buddies. <laughs> oh, those naysayers. They're so funny. Um, uh, right after that, we had Griffin Cole backstage again. They're still trying to get us to care about these kids. And then they get attacked by um, Angelico and Serpentico. Oh, my God. Take it this how you horrible. want. This was horrible, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to let everybody know. Because it was like... They Why do they keep giving these guys promos every single week, SP3? There's not... There hasn't been a week in like 10 of them that they don't let these guys talk. Why? Yo, can I just tell anybody that will watch this show? Like they were talking, and literally they supposed to do a chop block to each other. But it was like <laughs> it, was was so... it was just slow. It was like he fell into the chop block and then walked away, and then they they panned onto Griffin. I hate those guys. I was like, oh my god, this is like public access. Angelico like fell into the frame. Like, wait, are you falling? Are you trying to like? I don't know what's going on here. Oh my god. <laughs> it was bad. I don't know what, uh, what, why. <laughs> I don't even think we needed that. And if we did need it, maybe just shoot it again. Yeah, like we all there's so many instances sometimes on the show. Like I'm like, why, why didn't nobody say we should probably do that back? Like, like, do that back. Let's just run thing. it one more time. It's thirty seconds. We could just run it again. I think it'll be all right. Just, just see which one is better. Just see, just see, just do another, just do another. Another take, just to see which one is better. I don't know, man. I hope that somebody in the world likes any of this because I <laughs> do not. Care. I like, I like Angelico. Me too. <laughs> I like Angelico. He's great. When they, when they had that little run a few months ago where he was going to challenge Eddie Kingston, I was like, all right, we're we're in the money again. And then they got him back into the shenanigans. And I'm like, all right, we're. Out. Uh, something that I do like, we talked about her a little bit. Uh, one of the premier people, I think, in this ROH Women's TV title tournament eventually that's going to happen red velvet faced off against alex gracia 
Gracia. I don't want to say Garcia. Gracia, because it's in my brain to say Garcia, because that's what my brain sees. Alex Gracia in a really fun match. I think Red Velvet, since she's returned from her injury, has shown so much promise. Every time she has a match, I'm like, Red Velvet is here, you guys. She has all the tools. She, uh, I love her moveset. I like the way that she, uh, she, her speed and athleticism. I think that she gets all the fundamentals in this game. She looks great. Her gear's great. The theme's great. She has everything needed, I think, to be one of those next level people. Now they're teasing me with her and Kira might be a tag team. I'm like, damn, I want that too. Like, I don't know. Like, there's so many things going on here, but you know, really fun little match. I think all the women's matches featured on. T- I was going to say on this Ring of Honor program, but le- legit on TV recently, all the women have been killing it. The matches have been so diverse and so different. Like, you guys, like, in 2009, I used to be like, this game is messed up. Like, why are the women being forced into this? We're sp- Again, we're into a great place because we get to see diverse women having great matches different matches not just the -the run-of-the-mill bullshit like there's strong women there's athletic women there's high-flying women there's loot there's all the whole spectrum and everybody's doing so much great stuff i'm loving what uh what red velvet is bringing to the scene and i thought this was a really fun match in this uh this show yeah red velvet man she's just come in uh come back from injury and just felt like she's had a pep in her step she just brings a whole yeah. bunch of energy to her matches and the finish that uh, that little trouble in paradise kick she caught her good <laughs> on the back of the neck i was like oh man that was the best one i've seen for her Sometimes red velvet with the trouble in paradise that's what i wrote down for her. <laughs> You hit it with the trouble in paradise. I'm sorry. It, 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 it is what it is. <laughs> if we see something long enough and it's called that, we're gonna call it that, even if it's not that. I'm sorry, y'all. But yes, that that you caught it good <laughs> with that. That was the best one that I've seen her do. So yeah, I really like the fact that you know she's calling her shot for the TV uh title tournament. So we finally have someone that isn't a Dino Thank loser you. in the TV title tournament, uh, to kind of freshen things up a bit. And uh, if Athena announces her name for this tournament, I'm gonna be sick, SB3. Like, don't be acting like Roman Athena. Stay over there. Like, I'm going to win that, too. I'm yeah, no. D- you can't. <laughs> you can't like, be in this. You don't go here. You don't go here. We want you over there. We want you on AEW, but don't be don't be getting more titles to stay here. Yeah. Like, sheesh. Sheesh. She's trying to buy a new home. I'm we trying to get her. We trying to get her a bigger home. Move her out the house. She getting the, the home next door. Like what are we doing? Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like Red Velvet's addition in this one. Now I'm interested in the in the matches that she could have in the TV title tournament. Whether it's get Billy Starks, Layla Hirsch, Rachel Ellering. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, but she's also a type that if they send her back to the main roster, too, I think there's a lot that she could do with the TBS. Like her and uh, Julia, her and Sky, her and Willow, like all those matches are banging up there. And even on the other side, I think she she's in a really good place right now because she can go really far. But her getting maybe potentially a run with this belt to kind of like get her feet wet as being a champion and transitioning kind of like the Athena treatment on a smaller level because Athena's a vet, but like if she gets that treatment, it can move on. I think that'd be really good for her right after that was another women's match. You know, ring of honor, you're going to get three or four women's matches. It's the women's TV show uh, quietly. If people don't know, it was Diamante and Mercedes Martinez taking on the aforementioned uh, Layla Hirsch and Rachel Ellering. They've been telling this story with Rachel uh, Ellering and Layla Hirsch for a while of 
There's dysfunction with Maria. I think Maria's on vacation, having a great time. Feet kicked up because she wasn't featured on this episode. Shout out to Maria. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to the kid. They're uh, the best people. So super excited for them. But um, Diamante and Mercedes, every time I see like a good women's tag team pairing, it's right along to that thing. I saw Red and Akira earlier. I'm like, women's tag team titles. And then I see Diamante and Mercedes. I'm like, ah, oh, women's tag team titles. Re Renegade twins. Ah, oh, bring back the Hex. Re women's tag team titles. Like, there is a space that they could do this. They still need to be building their regular women's championships. But if we really sat down, put these teams down and compose the list, I think it could happen. How do you feel about uh, women's tag teams championships in either AEW or Ring of Honor? I wouldn't do the women's tag team titles, but I would bring back that tag team, that women's tag team tournament. Tournament. They mm -hmm. If they do the tournament again, because then you can just put the champions in there as well. And everybody kind of is pairing up or in some way. And it's kind of similar to the AEW men's division, how everyone is always connected to somebody that they can team up in multi-man matches with. We're seeing that in the women's division, whether it's timeless Tony Storm and Mariah May, Athena and Billy Stars, Diamante and Mercedes. On AEW television, you got Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. You had Abaddon and Thunder Rosa. You got Julia Hart and Sky Blue. So they're really filling this out everybody has their map and then there's people on the shelf like a dr Britt baker you can have an interesting situation for dr Britt baker when she comes back i, I mm -hmm. suggested this on our dynamite view over on trio he i'll suggest it here that Britt baker has a conundrum of who is her best friend when she comes back is it jamie hater or is it diana Perazzo, her real life best friend ah. So I would like that as well. Once they're mm. back in play, it could be it's Brit's choice. Who is she gonna pick for the for the tag team uh, tag team tournament? And then you can throw in some interesting pairings in there as well. So yeah, the women's division I would say on AEW television has been a lot better without a lot of people acknowledging it since like All Out. Since like All Out, when they really after that pay per view, they really put the focus on Julia Hart and Timeless Tony Storm and making them the stars of the division, and they have accomplished that in the fall months and winter months of 2023 into 2024. Then you got Thunder Rosa coming back. You got Sky Blue, who's getting more reps and improving every single time. You got uh, you know young stars like Queen Aminata. You got Mariah May coming in. You got Diana Perazzo coming in, and then. And you got all these pieces. You got your Scotty Pippen. You got your Dennis Rodman. You got your Ron Harper. You got your Steve Kerr. All you need is Michael Jordan. And that is Mercedes Monet. It brings <laughs> it all together. The way that you described that, and you, you know, coming into that, you said Britt Baker, SP3, on the, you know, the totem pole of AEW. When you describe all that, where does Britt Baker land when she comes back? Because we're talking about Tony, Mariah, potentially Jamie, Thunder, Red, potentially Mercedes. Like these are like world class, top of the line women's wrestler. Where does Britt Baker fall in this? Because I love Britt. I think, do you think that her star power carries her farther? than uh, uh, someone else would be in her position? 
if if Britt comes back right now and like there's no changes, like she just tries to come back as a babyface or even come back as a heel, she's behind Timeless Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. She, if you sign Mercedes Monet, she's definitely behind her. Uh, yeah, it's just no brainer. <laughs> uh, she's behind Julia Hart. To, to me, she's behind Thunder Rosa, but the, the company. I never, think so. Now the company never agrees with me, but yeah. she's behind Thunder Rosa. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deanna Perazzo is also better than her. She's Jamie yeah, Hayter yeah. is also better than you. Forgot about Deanna. Deanna's like top three. Like she's up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not. You know? Yeah. I just I just fear with like Deanna that it's the we're we're going into the we sign a new woman, give her a title title match, and then we don't know, know what to do after that. Mm. And it seems like that has happened a few times. Most recently with Taya Valkyrie, where. Now we finally have her in Ring of Honor, and it seems like we're going to get something for her, but we're not even too sure about that one. So I don't want Deanna to just get into a feud with Timeless Sunny Storm, lose that revolution, and then we never see her again. That's why I'm already suggesting yeah. a follow-up feud of her okay. being involved in Jamie and Britt. So we can finally get that done, because everybody's talking about Keith Lee and Swerve. Like, we haven't been waiting for Britt and Jamie the same amount of time. <laughs> Thank you. You're expressing some things that I felt. It's look at, at minimum, it should be good for Brit. Was that what I was saying last night? Like, you got all this new competition, it's gonna make you step your game up because all of these women are going 100%. They're not about to phone anything in, they're gonna all try to be the best. And if Mercedes is back there, you better get on your P's and Q's because she's about to command everything not one thing that's not going to be commanded by her i think it's really exciting for the division though and i think it's really exciting about uh everything um uh, uh get into a few few super chats before we finish up we got a few more matches before we uh go uh, matthew hook says why doesn't AEW put women into stables for tv time like I said, I think they are starting to do that because I named like five or different, five or six different pairs that they have paired up. They're not right. doing stables; they're just doing pairs of the women, which is wise because you could fill out more TV time with tag team matches and then mix matching, say a Sky Blues feeding with Thunder Rosa or mm-hmm. something like that. It builds time for feuds, so I think they are doing that. They're not building out stables, but they're doing out pairs right now. Right. Um, and then Cody Anderson says Maya is still in her rookie year talking about Maya world, um, which is crazy. Like being in that position and the, how she works already in her rookie year, like in five years, like that's what these women also women like Brit have to realize is like the younger generation is also on your heels, man. Like there's some 20 and 21 and 22 year olds that are super fire in our next step. So you better get it together because your spot will be taken. I would love to see them uh, recruit Maya World into the uh, MIT and have Billy be her teacher. Mm-hmm. So we oh. see Billy in the role of Athena. Wow. That's a really good story. <laughs> 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 they need to do that. That's a great idea. The Athena tie-in. There's so much, uh, so much room there. I think I'm really interested to see what they do with Athena because they didn't have any mention of her on tonight's show. So 
I found What's that very interesting that they, they didn't like mention she's kind of like a specter. They kept talking about her, right. but she's not around. It was like it was kind of like those weeks uh, back when I was a kid when Hulk Hogan wasn't around on WWF. <laughs> and they'd be like, he still works here, you guys. He's not going to be on the show today. And he's like, yo, watch the show for him. What are you guys talking about? They're like, he's the main character, but he's not here this week. All right, guys? <laughs> He's usually on a show, not this show that you're watching in syndication. He would never. <laughs> he would never. He would never show up here. I'm just letting you know. Go to your local. Go to your local <laughs> arena. Buy a ticket. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was our super chat. I appreciate everybody for super, submitting your super chat. You guys are super cool. In uh, the TV title match that they advertised for the entire show, which is great. Great sign for Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher took on a longtime favorite of mine, Willie Mack, and a really fun match. They need to, the last two matches are Righteous Ranch picks. Like, this is how you should have every show because you, I won't be bored if you give me what they gave here. I thought Kyle and Fletcher, Kyle and uh, Willie worked super hard. Willie Mack is, he's another one of those Teflon guys. I think he, you can build him up, but like, even if he gets beat, every match that he has, he just leaves such an impression on everybody that it never matters. He's like, damn. At the end of it, you're never thinking, damn, Willie Mack lost. You're thinking, whoa, Willie Mack's cool, wins his next match. And I thought that was this kind of display here. Kyle Fletcher is on a different run. He's on a different level. When he says he wants to be better than Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, he really fucking means it dude like he wants to be the best wrestler in the entire world and i think it's on display every single week making him the roh tv champion i think was such an important decision because we need to have a banger match like this every time i think this was he's the perfect example for this really fun match sp3 what'd you think of it I really enjoyed it. I would say it was the match of the night uh, mm -hmm. for me. I thought these guys worked really well with one another. And Kyle Fletcher, man, he might be the, the most underrated signing of 2023 for Seriously. AEW because yeah. he's accomplished so much since signing with the company. Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Ring of Honor TV Champion, had bangers with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, joined the Don Callis family, was part of the Like a Dragon Street fight. All this stuff he's done in a short amount of time. And I, it's very impressive in how you've seen him grow as a performer and just grow as a human being with his body, with his muscles kind of growing before his, before our eyes is very fascinating to watch. I, I, I like him thinking on, on the fly about the finish when he literally was like, I'm not going to be able to get you up the way I usually get yeah. people up in this <laughs> right. tombstone. So let me just do a front tombstone, which looked even worse than a regular tombstone, a front tombstone, because you're not supposed to do it that way. That's not that, how it works. That's, that's kind of how Austin lost some mm -hmm. career, years off his career, mm -hmm. is doing a power driver the wrong way, and mm -hmm. he did it. It worked out. So, Yeah, yeah that I was – I thought that was veteran instincts, but it's like, wait, you were – you. I think you changed it because you didn't want to kill him, and then you killed him? Like, I don't <laughs> – wait a second. <laughs> I don't think that's what's the goal. If I do this, I'm gonna drop him on his head. So I'll drop him on his head a different way. All right. Fair. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Okay. I loved it. I think it was a great way. And backyard wrestling, we used to call that move the Mystic Love. I don't know where it came from, and I never heard anybody else say it. But that I was like, oh, he hit the Mystic Love. That's how you ended this match. Really cool way. Great stuff, Willie Mack. We hope you're all right. But yeah, I think this is uh, coming into 2024. I'm hoping that Mark Davis can stay. Uh, healthy enough because i think 
right now it, it it's going to be more beneficial to uh, Kyle Fletcher's career to be in that tag team. One, because they're an amazing tag team, and I think there's a lot more for them to accomplish. But I think just for the future of what they want him to be as a world champion, all this, you kind of see them setting it up for them. I think him having this tag team a few more years is the way to go. So we hope that Mark Davis can stay healthy for March of this year. Cause it's getting unfortunate for the bro. Yeah. Yeah. He had a rough year cause he gets injured at the early part when he was on a hell of a run in the new Japan cup. He had yes. a banger with Osprey. Osprey gets injured. He, he was on his way Osprey. in that tournament. Right yes, there. he had the best evil match. And I don't say best in evil match in the same no. sentence, ladies and It's It's by far <laughs> the best evil match you saw in 2023 was with Mark Davis. And then he had a banger with Sonata in the semifinals before getting, a, you know, getting an injury following that and having to relinquish both the NJPW strong open weight tag team titles and the IWGP tag team titles when it really felt they were kind of passing the torch from Bishamon to Aussie mm-hmm. Open and then it kind of just got the injury, had to relinquish the titles then they signed with AEW, they're basically done with New Japan, so a lot has happened because of the injuries I'm hoping that 2024 we could see a full year of Aussie Open because the first four months of 2023, they were the tag team of the year. Facts facts they were cooking in every match and i think this aw tag team division coming forward with the the private party and everything that happens recently i think that we need to establish this we need to get the young bucks back on tv i don't know what this is stop playing with my emotions stop playing with everybody emotions get this tag team division established that's what this company was built off you guys it drives me crazy i'm like we are here because of tag team wrestling you guys i think that's <laughs> that's why all of this exists because of tag team wrestling and you guys got the tag team but they're at home what the hell's going on i don't know yeah we we are we're getting close to like tying the amount of makeshift tag teams we've had as tag team champions to the amount of like traditional tag teams Come we've had on, as tag man. team champions my least favorite wrestling trope in the goddamn world is a makeshift tag team. Why am I seeing a makeshift tag team when you got the best tag teams in the world? It just and, it doesn't add up. And the crazy part is that usually AEW has been great with these makeshift tag teams or tag teams they put together, like yeah. Age and Omega, yeah. Swerve in Our Glory, a team they put together, the Acclaimed. Like mm-hmm. they usually were, were like, they had a perfect record. Until recently, and they just decided to kind of, well, we know who decided to, for Ricky and Big Bill to get the titles and mess up people's California homecomings. But to each his own, you know, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> hey, hey, I know, I know my audience. I know who my co-host is. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Jeez. I still think about that. I'm like... Dude, I, still, rest, I think about that. Are are wild, bro. I, I thought about that last night on Dynamite when Private Party come back and mention every tag team but the champions. I'm like, oh yeah. The commentators had to be like, and the tag team champions who they didn't mention. I'm like, there's a reason for that, you guys. There's a reason for that. Are you guys not seeing this? <laughs> Jesus, come on, man. We know whose fault it is, but. You don't be tweeting no more. So um, the fi- last and final match was um, uh, Spot Foo Invitational, uh, flipping and spinning. Righteous Reg was very pleased here. You saw uh, the workhorsemen 
and Gringo Loco taking on Commander Vikingo and Lee Johnson. Um, everything I could ask for. Like, there's no no nothing here. Um, Gringo Loco tried to do a super finisher. I saw him complete this one time. Las Vegas GCW. He gets Vikingo and Commander stacked on his shoulders. He turns them into a sit-out powerbomb. I saw him hit it clean the first time. He didn't hit it as clean here, but still just ridiculous uh, amount of strength, amount of precision. How does Commander's on top? I don't know how you flip when you're – it's just physics, science, and all kind of crazy stuff. This one looked – it looked, it looked like it hurt more. Right. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> execute the twist out. He just, he just twist everybody and didn't – It looks really violent at the end. Like everybody just slammed. He just like twist everybody, dump them. That was perfect. I was like, man, Gringo Loco under is my, probably my favorite person on Ring of Honor television, and I don't yeah. think I've ever seen this man uh, win a matchup. I was calling, no. I was calling his team with the Work Horsemen team CEL, consistently <laughs> entertaining and lose. That's what they do. They are oh, uh, they all three of them are consistently entertaining and they lose. That's what they do. That's what they did in this matchup. And it yep. was another really good matchup. I I would not argue with anybody who said that was the match of the night just for that super that super finisher that Gringo Loco was doing. Uh, Gringo going at it with Commander and Vikingo. Mm. Those three guys are like the most consistently used guys on the independent scene. Some yep. form, some combination of them, whether it's in singles action, trios action, uh, three way, four ways, they always are consistently used. They always have bangers on, on the every scene. card. They're on the east coast, they're on the west coast. I'm like, how is one of the three of you guys on every single card? This is crazy at this point, but it's happening. And then they do it every week on Ring of Honor television. So it's crazy. It's crazy to to watch it play out the way it does. But this was a fun matchup. Yeah, it harkens back to the days of they keep showing these clips of like Rey Mysterio and stuff from 1995. Like when Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero were going around ECW and yeah. these random. This is what it feels like. You're seeing these guys every week, but then also you're seeing them on your TV doing the wildest things in the world. Uh, there's... They're continuously telling a story with Vikingo and Commander as these are our Lucha guys. We love these guys. We're going to put them in the best positions. They get the victory here. Anytime they're on my TV, I'm so excited. They did a double moonsault. I think it's crazy when they hit that double. They're both on the same corner. Yeah, uh, Vikingo's on the, the post and Commander's on the, the turnbuckle. And it's like when they hit that spot, I'm like, it's crazy how – they did that so effortlessly. Like 20 years ago, I would be watching that little gif every single day, 500 times. But like, that wasn't even the craziest thing in that single match right there. Just because <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, two regular moonsaults, two regular moonsaults. That's just, this should be the coolest thing we ever saw in our life. And it's just like, oh, that was a cool spot in this match. We're going to see a crazier one. Yeah, like it's it's like the the big moonsault that Abushi has. Like I've seen, I've heard people say they watch that all the time, but they don't really understand the importance of that and why this man couldn't wrestle in that building <laughs> for years after after that one little spot. Like you, Kingo's doing a flip from the ape from the pole over the steps to the like. It seems like he's effortless, clean. but that's hard. Clean. That's really hard. 
Vikingo is one of a kind, and him and Commander, I call them the Lucha Cousins. I can't wait for the Lucha Cousins to verse the Lucha Bros. Give me that in 2024 in the tag team division. Oh, my Lord. That would be. Why is uh, Alex Abrahantes all their handler, though? Have we ever got a reason why? Um, He speaks Hispanic. Got you. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty. I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry if I'm breaking an illusion. For you guys, I thought there might have been some more backstory, like a history of getting here. Nope, that's nope, it. nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope. They, they they haven't tried, so I've just I've just figured it out. <laughs> they only- have not tried at all. <laughs> they don't explain it. They're just like, oh, Alex is here too, and we're like, but why? Like, when did fucking goals start getting managed by <laughs> Alex Abrantes? When the commanders start hanging? They never with explained it. He's just there. Even even when like it was first, it was when he was like with Penta, and then he just started showing up with them alone. It's just like, wait, this ain't the Lucha Bros. What are you doing here? You got some other Mexican friends. Like I, I don't think you can do that. But I mean, they are great, so you can do that. It's all right. Hey, I'd rather him be the Lucha Libre hype man than whatever the hell he was doing with Penta Pentagon Dark. Oh God! Yeah, but I'll, I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll that take this was one. Yeah, cringe, unfortunate. <laughs> We've came a long way, SP3. They'd be talking and be like, "It ain't like it, like good. It ain't like it used to be, dude." We wouldn't get an episode like we just got a dynamite on Wednesday if we still had Marco Stunt bullshitting around here. You know, no disrespect, but like. <laughs> it's rough out here in these streets, yo. It was uh, Michael Nakazawa was getting consistent time. Brandon Cutler was on getting 15 minutes on Dynamite, bro. What? 15 for Nakazawa? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yo, we once, yo, for any of you new fans of AEW, they once main evented an AEW Dynamite with Nick Camarado versus Dustin Rhodes in a a bull rope match. Y'all remember that? You remember that, (laughs) Gretch? Yo, I to this day, me and my co-host on our Dynamite review on True OE, we bring that up. That was like dark times. It was oh dark times. I erased it from my memory. It's gone. I threw it out forever. What? Yo, we, we could never complain about a damn Dynamite again. We had to watch that. We were probably excited about it. Like, oh, this new company, they're doing it with Dustin Rose and Nick Colorado in a bull room. You know, even at the time, I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? That's I don't nasty. Care. I don't care if this That's is a nasty. pandemic. What are we doing? Yeah, no, I don't care if all the wrestlers are sick. Get somebody else. What the hell is going on here? This could not be a main event. The pandemics were sick. When people are climbing, like, oh, we remember the times. No, I don't want to remember the times. Those are Good. terrible. Good, good. I'd much rather remember Dynamite, like, starting in 2021 when they went back yeah. on the road. That'll be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yes, but uh, that's all of the uh, episode, you guys. Uh, we got through the whole Ring of Honor, and uh, I thought it was not that bad of an episode. We didn't get a lot of, like I said, advancement and storylines, but I thought we got some pretty fun matches and uh, got to tell some fun stories. SP3, my man, I appreciate you coming in here with the assist as always. Anytime we need a Ring of Honor replacement, you're right there. Like I said, you had a busy morning, busy day. You didn't have to show up, but you did, and you entertained, and I appreciate you for being here, my brother. Please tell everybody of all the amazing things you got going on right now, because it's been pretty consistent with you uh, assisting in new, diverse kind of content being created in the wrestling space, and I just want to congratulate you, man. It's really dope. 
Thank you so much, man. Like I said at the top, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke up at Reg's ass. I love talking to Reg about all things wrestling, even when it's not about wrestling, because we tend to do that as well. <laughs> always a good time, always making me laugh and having some jokes. So very glad that I was able to fill in today. Shout outs to Kate. Thanks for letting me take your chair on this episode and hope you're feeling better. But yes, you can check me out on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Uh, the main YouTube channel, the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got daily content over there. Like I said before, our AEW Dynamite review is up there with Jimmy Macaram, who I call the harshest critic of Tony <laughs> Khan without venturing into hatred like Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff. So check that out. That's over on the channel. I'll be live tomorrow, 12.05 p.m. Eastern time for our NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 18 review with James and Sanal breaking down all the action. And yes, waxing lyrically about Brian and Okada too. But right. yes, also I am uh, the media manager for over at bodyslam.net. So if you could go over there and support that YouTube channel, we got some great content over there. They do a Ring of Honor review over there as well. WWE SmackDown review that goes live following the show tomorrow. We got uh, AJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, stardom coverage over there, as well as, uh, you know, post shows following all the weekly content. So go over to Body Slam Net YouTube channel and support everyone over there. Thank you so much, Reg, for having me. You know how it is. Two of the busiest black guys in the space. Uh, if you need to hear one of our voices, you're going to hear one of our voices at least four or five times a week, <laughs> as always, because that's how we do. We're commanding this. You know, you can catch me here every Thursday with Kate. Every Wednesday, I'm on with Mike on Indeed. I'm on with Denise on the Ring of Honor post show. This week, Denise and I are doing a special uh, week, uh, first week of the year in review um, mm. on her channel, just talking about I mean, you know how busy this week has been already. It's not even over yet. I'm still sure there's a bunch of things that will develop before Sunday. That'll be at Sunday noon uh, Pacific. So definitely check that out. And, of course, every Saturday you can catch me with my brother, my homeboy, Philip Lindsay, Grapsity Podcast, talking the best of the week. We're going to be talking about The Rock. I got about five more hours of The Rock to talk about this week. So, I mean... The game is the game. And as always, you guys, we appreciate you for showing up here, laughing with SP3 and I. And of course, supporting Ring of Honor every week. I'm like, I don't know if this show's ever going to make it. I feel like Tony Khan's going to tweet, like, it's over, you guys. Stop it. The Ring of Honor's dead. I buried it. Every single week, I'm like, it's going to happen. I don't know, you guys. But we're trucking along and everything is good. So I'm feeling good. Hopefully, we continue. Hopefully, we have our yearly show, Supercard of Honor. Uh, death before dishonor and all that going into this should be an exciting year happy new year to everybody too um it's been a really fun journey so far great times sp3 again i thank you shout out to kate hopefully she gets better and shout out to all of you we are out